Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody, and happy December 10th. Oh my God, I hope you're in the holiday spirit. Our holiday parties and events and get-togethers and all that fun stuff has already started. We went out for a great dinner on Saturday night with our family, and then we had a friend's holiday party on Sunday afternoon, and that was really great. Like I haven't seen some people in months, and like one of my girlfriends has a new, cute, amazing, beautiful baby and haven't been able to see him since he was born. So it was so great to get together with some friends and family this weekend. And I know December can really be a super busy month and sometimes it can get really overwhelming. And just like any time of the year, I you know really encourage you to take care of yourself and make sure you're getting really good quality sleep and you're moving your body and you're staying hydrated, especially if you are you know eating more sugar and treats and having more alcohol and things like that. Just be really conscious about your consumption and how it is you really want to feel and show up for December. So I am really making it a priority to move my body every morning and use our sauna and to really stay hydrated. I've been obsessed with putting clementine essential oil into my water from doTERRA. It is so, so good. I highly, highly recommend it. I actually think it's an oil that they only had on a special a couple of months ago. So I don't even know if it's something that's available year round, but it is delicious. I'm so in love with it. So I've been putting one drop into my water and, you know, just taking care of myself and sleeping and eating really well, getting lots of greens in. And even though I don't love eating salads and like green smoothies and, and things like that this time of year, because it's cold, like I'm not inclined to go into the fridge and pull out a salad. I still make it a point to eat like a lot of greens, but still have a salad every single day and to combine it with something that might be a little bit more like warming. So instead of just having it with like cold, you know, a cold chicken thigh or cold sausages or cold steak or something on top. Like I make sure that I have that warm and I just kind of have a mix and the best of both. So make sure you're taking care of yourself and you can always join us in our free five-day sugar detox challenge. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash sugar detox and you'll get a delicious meal plan and you'll get some really great strategies and tips for helping to combat your sugar and your carb cravings. And there's a really delicious cashew dill recipe, a dip that is in that meal plan that you might even want to make over the holidays. It's a really great recipe. It's so easy to make and it is definitely not, you know, dairy based and it's not going to be very heavy and it's so good. And it's a really great dip that you might want to include over the holidays when you are entertaining or anything like that, or something you might want to bring to a party. So highly recommend it. Go download the sugar detox and get started on that. All right. So before we dive in, I want to share two things 
Well, actually, I did just share it, our sugar detox. That was the one thing I wanted to share with you guys today. And the other thing was that I wanted to remind you that the Skin Essence discount, we've been so lucky to have this discount extended to us till the end of the month. So you can save 20% on organic skincare products from Skin Essence. And the coupon code is Healthy Hormones and you can save 20% off. So use that code over on their website, head to skinessence.ca or skinessenceorganics.com and enter the coupon code healthyhormones. You'll save 20% off and you'll also get free shipping on orders over $50. So pretty sweet. And I think it's going to make a wonderful gift for either yourself or a girlfriend or, you know, friend, family, whoever it is, but their products are wonderful and it ain't going to break the bank, which is so wonderful. All right. So our episode today, we are diving into histamine intolerance. And I'm so excited to talk about this topic because here's a little bit of a backstory. So this year has been a crazy, crazy year for allergies for me. And I don't have environmental allergies. And so it really started earlier in January. And, you know, we were in the process of moving and cleaning up our condo and packing, and we were painting the condo, and I had a ton of allergies. And, you know, the typical, you know, sneezing and stuffy nose and runny nose and itchy and watery eyes. And my skin even felt a little bit itchy. Like I was just super, it was just all up in my head, this congestion and then the sneezing, it was intense. And so I was just like, oh, I'm reacting to dust or I'm allergic to the paint that they use to paint, you know, the walls. Like I'm reacting to all of this stuff and, you know, that's what it is. So I didn't really think much of it. And then it carried on for quite a few months. And it was also kind of weird because I'm like, it's the winter. Like if I have allergies, why am I experiencing this in the winter? That's kind of strange. That's why I thought it must be the dust or the paint. And then we moved at the end of April and I will never forget that moving day because on the car, on the car ride over to our new house, I had to pull over and for the first time in, I don't know, 15 years, I had to go and take an antihistamine, a reactin. And I popped into a drugstore and unfortunately it actually didn't really help me. And I literally had to pull over because I could not see, like my eyes were so watery. I was so congested and I had to get something to help. And I figured an antihistamine was going to be the best thing. And it actually really didn't help. And then, you know, we moved into our house, the allergies went away for quite a few weeks and it was all good. And then they returned like midsummer. And so I'm going through the summer, same thing, like allergies are showing up and here's what would happen. I would wake up and the moment I would open my eyes in the morning, I would sneeze. And then I would continue sneezing for anywhere from sometimes three to four hours. And some days it was better than others. And some days I would be literally walking around the house with a Kleenex box basically tied to my waist because I was constantly blowing my nose. And so finally in November, October, I kind of hit my like rock bottom, you know, I hit that moment of like, this is no longer okay. Something is seriously up and I really need to start giving this attention. So I contacted Dr. Becky Campbell because I know she's a histamine expert and she helped to guide me through a really great protocol supporting my liver as well as histamine intolerance and supporting my gut. And within a matter of weeks, it all stopped. And also, here's an interesting thing. I've been on natural desiccated thyroid for two years now, since 2017. And lately in Canada, there's 
been this issue going on where we actually can't get desiccated thyroid. It's like on back order. And it's been really challenging to get at different pharmacies. And so I've had a lot of clients, you know, message me saying, what the heck am I supposed to do? I can't get my desiccated thyroid, which can be a huge, a huge detriment to their health, right? I mean, many, many women are switching from Synthroid or Levothyroxine and going on desiccated thyroid, which is bioidentical thyroid. And it's not just the T4, it's a T4 and T3 combination. This is why typically when you use it, you feel better. And so... You know, I started hearing this and I also just intuitively, I've been on it for two years and I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to have issues getting it, I also know that I don't want to just be consistently reliant on it. And so I should, you know, really try and come off of it. And I was taking a really small dose, only 30 milligrams a day. And so at the time when I was doing this sort of histamine protocol and, you know, really supporting my liver and my gut, I did come off the natural desiccated thyroid and my symptoms, you know, they improved. And so it's hard to say if it was the thyroid medication or not, but I do think that with the desiccated thyroid, you know, sometimes there can be some fillers in there. There might be gluten contamination and oftentimes there can be corn. And I actually do quite react to corn. And so it's interesting because I still have desiccated thyroid and, you know, I went off of it for a good three to four weeks. And then one weekend I decided, you know, I'm just going to take it and, and see how I feel. And, you know, I was experiencing a bit of fatigue and felt a little bit different in my body. And I was like, I'm just going to take it and see what happens. And literally that day, my sinuses and my sneezing started up again. So anyhow, I'm wondering if perhaps I've actually been reacting to the desiccated thyroid and it just was no longer a fit for me. And that's what kind of, you know, got me to kind of hit that wall to reassess my routine and what I've been taking. And I really want to be clear here that I'm not saying if you're on desiccated thyroid that you should stop. I think that it's important that you work with a practitioner or you're working with myself and my team and you're really getting a protocol in place. Desiccated thyroid can be wonderful for so many people. And in my case, I just think it just was no longer working for me anymore. And so since then, I've definitely replaced it and been using some other strategies and whatnot. And you know, if you need support in that area, don't hesitate to reach out to myself and my team. You can just send me an email, Samantha at holisticwellness.ca. And you know, we can connect and really get you on a protocol for your thyroid. So anyhow, with that said, I have been doing so much better and I feel fantastic and I no longer am waking up with crazy sneezing allergy attacks and it's been really wonderful. And thanks to Dr. Becky Campbell and her support. And so I really wanted to have her on the show today and guess what guys, her new book, The Four-Phase Histamine Reset Plan, it actually releases today. So if you feel that you've been dealing with any histamine issues, definitely get your hands on her book. It's fantastic. We actually have the same publisher and they produce beautiful beautiful books. The recipes in her book are amazing and the photos are incredible. And she really does take you through an amazing plan for supporting histamine intolerance. Okay. So thanks for listening to all of that. And that rant, I just really wanted to kind of give you a bit of context and background around what was happening with me. And so let's dive in with Dr. Becky Campbell. I want to share a little bit about her background. She is a board-certified doctor of natural medicine who was initially introduced to functional medicine as a patient. She struggled with many of the issues her patients struggle with today, and she has made it her mission to help patients all around the world with her virtual practice. She is also the founder of drbeckycampbell.com and author of the 30-Day Thyroid Reset Plan and the Four-Phase Histamine Reset Plan. She's been featured on multiple online publications like Mind Body Green, 
muscle, pop sugar, and more. She specializes in thyroid disease, autoimmune disease, and histamine intolerance, and hopes to help others regain their health as functional medicine helped her regain hers. So let's dive in. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, Becky. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. I'm excited to be back. You're one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. Yay. I love hearing <laughs> that. I hope you don't say that to everybody. I don't. I've <laughs> never said that. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, well, I so appreciate that. So before we dive in today, I'd love it if you can share with our audience more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I am a doctor of natural medicine. So basically what that means is I practice functional medicine and when you practice functional medicine, it's a little different than conventional medicine where we don't just typically, you know, run like the standard, you know, blood test, which is usually very limited. And, you know, if you don't look sick, you're not sick. That's kind of how I think a lot of people are treated in conventional medicine and not everybody, of course, but you know, that's kind of what a lot of people tell me. And it was my experience for sure. And then, you know, with functional medicine, we're looking for, we're kind of looking for things before they become this big, huge problem, if we can. And we do that with really thorough testing. And it's usually different testing than you'll get, you know, on a standard blood test, whether it's stool testing, testing urine, you know, heavy metals, viruses, you know, all of the above, all the different things that can drive these issues that people have. Right. So I got into that because I was sick myself And I went to so many different doctors and no one could help me. This is when I was in medical school myself under an enormous amount of stress, as you can imagine. For sure. And my thyroid panel was, you know, they only ran a TSH, which is pretty standard. Right. And it was right at the board. It was a five. So it was like right above what they would consider to be normal. So they just kind of said I was fine. Long story short, I found a functional medicine office. They ran a thorough thyroid panel, found that I did have hypothyroidism, later Hashimoto's disease, which is the autoimmune component, and your audience is very familiar with that. For sure. But I also looked for what was driving it. So I had a lot of issues going on with my gut, and I had no idea. I had issues with cortisol. I had Epstein-Barr virus, heavy metals, all these things that were driving all this. So fast forward, you know, years later, I felt way better after getting treatment for all that. And then learning how to change my lifestyle to get rid of the main issues I was having, you know, one of them being 30 pound weight gain. And there was still something a little bit lagging. I noticed when I ate certain foods and I couldn't really pinpoint what they were all the time, mm-hmm. I felt weird. You know, I started to feel like I had like bugs crawling on my scalp and so strange. Yeah, really weird. And I would get really fatigued after I ate and I would get migraines. And I had remember I had hives a lot as a kid. And I would get really bad reactions to weather. You know, if I would go to the cold weather, you know, like let's say I went to New York in wintertime, I would really have a hard time. My body would almost freeze, like as far as being able to move properly. And I could tell it was something weird, but I didn't really know how to explain it to anyone or even understand it myself. Right. I had extreme reactions to heat. And then that is when I figured out this whole mast cell activation syndrome slash histamine intolerance picture. 
So once I figured that out and figured out what to do about that, that's when I've really gotten where I am now, which is in a great place. Amazing. And Mm -hmm. this is obviously what has led you to write your second book, (laughs) right? which I am so excited to have in my hands because you've been a tremendous help for me this year because of my histamine intolerance. So I really think the first place we should start is, you know, obviously we're going to dive into histamine today because it's, it's selfishly, I want to know all about it. (laughs) And I know it's really going to benefit our audience as well. And so I think the first place to start would be to really explain like what histamine intolerance is. Right. So let me tell you a little bit about what histamine is, because I don't even know that everyone knows what that is. Yes. So when you hear histamine, you think allergies, Allergies. you hear Mm -hmm. antihistamine medications, right? right? So histamine is something we need in the body. Its main role is to help you get rid of allergens. And what it does is it dilates your blood vessels and that causes inflammation and that alerts the body that there's a pathogen. So what happens is it allows the immune system to do its job. So the white blood cells can find and attack the pathogens, viruses, allergies, et cetera. So it also, it, it aids in digestion. It helps to deliver messages from the body to the brain. So it's something we need. So the, the problem is not histamine. The problem is when we can't break down histamine properly. So there are these enzymes that our body has that help break down this histamine. And sometimes people are are low in those enzymes. So what happens is the histamine will start to build up in the body. And then because of what histamine does in the body, you start to get symptoms, you know, dilating blood vessels. So you're going to get migraines because migraines come from dilated blood vessels. Mm-hmm. Vertigo comes from dilated blood vessels. You know, flushing of the skin, you know, hives, different things like that. So all the good things that histamine is doing when it's in too high of a volume in the body, it creates all these symptoms. And that's why you see symptoms all over the body that are just very strange. And, and most people can't really explain them. Yeah, they're really wild symptoms. Yeah. But it also, there is, and especially going through your book, I took your uh, quiz as well. And I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I pretty much answered (laughs) almost all of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So can somebody get tested for histamine intolerance? So, okay. This is my take on that. There are ways to test for it. Mm -hmm. One of the enzymes responsible for breaking down histamine is called DAO. So some people will test the DAO enzyme, but that's not very reliable all the time. And honestly, you don't need to spend money on a test. The best way to test for histamine tolerance is to eat foods high in histamine, which we'll go over in a minute. Yep. And if you get any new symptoms or your current symptoms increase, you most likely have it. And then the the follow-up to that is to remove those foods for like a week. And if you start to see a reduction in those symptoms, you know, you have histamine intolerance. So it's the best way to do it. It doesn't cost any money. Right. And that's kind of how I did it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was having a ton of issues pretty much this entire year and they, they started in January, but you know, it was, this moment, this time in my life where like we were moving and we were painting our house, like painting the condo and there was a lot of dust and boxes. So I just didn't think much of it. And I was like, oh, I'm reacting to the paint. Oh, I'm reacting to the dust. And then 
we finally moved. And when we were in our new house, I was like, oh, the symptoms went away, but they actually, they returned. And so Mm -hmm. the whole summer I'm dealing with all these, these like allergies basically is what I was dealing with. Like my nose was constantly running. Like I would walk around my house, just like with a Kleenex box attached to my hip basically and constantly sneezing and just felt like really puffy and just like environmental allergies. And then finally I hit my breaking point. I was like, this is not okay. And that's when I was like, I'm going to take out, or I'm going to actually pay more attention to the citrus that I'm eating and the avocado and like more of those higher histamine foods. And I definitely found once I took them out, my reduction in symptoms was, it was pretty awesome. Like it was amazing. Yeah. 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 It's pretty, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to manage, to be honest. You just have to know what, what foods you're looking for and you know, and it's funny because a lot of people will do keto and paleo, which I'm not against either one of those at all. I mean, I've written books based on paleo, right? which that you are introducing fermented foods and avocados and the, let's just say those two and, and like bacon, you know, and a lot of people eat a lot of that stuff. Well, those are all very high in histamine. Right. So if you started, you know, I wrote an article about this. I'm like, is your new diet making you sick? Because those foods are very good for you, but of they're course. not, if you have histamine intolerance, yes, those are really, really creating a high histamine level in your body that your body just can't break down. Absolutely. So let's go through some of those like high histamine foods and, and sure. list out. And so some people will probably get really upset as we go through this list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. There's high histamine foods And then there's also histamine liberating foods, which mean that they release histamine that you already have in the body. And then there's also the DAO enzyme, that enzyme that breaks down histamine. And there's those blocking foods. Okay. So there's there's a difference. And I list them all out in the book and I'm not going to list them all here, but I give you a nice chart of all that in the book, but I'll just go. I also give a yes, no, maybe list. Like this is kind of part of my plan. I like people to eat as many foods as possible. My goal is not to make you starve. Awesome. (laughs) I have people first just cut out the nose. So the nose would be things like avocados, citrus, dried fruits, strawberries are, are a pretty big trigger, tomatoes, banana can be, you know, high histamine or histamine liberating food. Spinach, a lot of people are, you know, putting raw spinach in their smoothies and they're not understood like with strawberry and banana and orange right, juice. Right. And they're like, why do I feel bad? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> On top of all the sugar. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So vinegars are very high there. I do give lists of what vinegars you can have and what, what you can't there. They are kind of graded and really fermented foods. I mean, the best thing to test with is fermented foods. So for you guys that don't understand what that is, it's like sauerkraut, pickles, olives, anything that's been sitting in a vinegar and kind of aging like that. And then there's some spices too. There's cinnamon, which I love. I love it. Most people love. I know. Curry, nutmeg. So, you know, basically all the fall stuff, the fall desserts you love to make. <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. But it's the, the point is, it's not that you have to not eat these forever. The point is me that I'm teaching you right. how to be able to tolerate most of these foods again. But in the beginning, these are what really can trigger and definitely alcohol because alcohol is fermented. Yeah. That was my next question. And especially yeah. red wine. Red wine is the probably highest histamine alcohol 
And most people, this is a really good test for you. If you're drinking wine and your nose is running, you have a histamine issue. Mm. So, and I see people who do that. Interesting. They're drinking wine and their nose is running. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> like when it, Walk across the restaurant. I'm like, don't drink it. Let me just say real quick. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. So, you know, that's funny. Like, I don't really drink red wine anymore because I do fine whenever I drink it. Yeah. I'm super congested and I wake up the next day with like puffy eyes. I have a headache. Like, I'm really, really reactive to it. And also, too, you know, like, I didn't eliminate all of those foods, I eliminated a lot of the foods that were high histamine, but I was eating a lot of the time, like avocado or tomato or cinnamon, like things like I was having on the regular, even just eliminating, there's maybe a good like five or six that I really cut out. That alone improved my symptoms. Yeah. Because you're not going to, everyone isn't going to respond poorly to all of these foods. So that's why I do a yes, no, maybe less. I want you to eliminate the no foods at first, try to eat all the yeses and the maybes, and then at the end, we go back to the nose and we, we try to bring those back in. But it's the main thing is really something I've talked about before. You know, if you've ever followed me on Instagram or whatever, it's your histamine bucket. So what that means is adding all these things together like stress, nutrient deficiencies, you know, bacteria in the gut, which increases histamine in the body, dust, like you said, mold, whatever, all these things, new fresh paint, all these things that can be triggers. Right. And then you eat that avocado. Right. It's going to fill that bucket to the top. But if you work on all those things that are filling that bucket, which is exactly what I walk you through in the book, your bucket's pretty empty. Then that's when you can start eating those foods again. Yes. Which is what I did. I worked on Mm -hmm. all of those areas. Yeah. So that was my next question. I wanted to dive into the common causes Mm-hmm. of histamine intolerance. And I know that there's eight common ones that you list out in your book. And I'd love for you to kind of mm-hmm. dive into those a little bit deeper and take us through those. Okay. So the first one, and this is in my belief, and I know a lot of people also feel this way, is there's something called mast cell activation syndrome. And it's hard to distinguish between the two. It's basically like, you know, there's about 200 triggers for mast cell activation syndrome. So Every time you're triggered, your mast cells start dumping, you know, inflammatory agents like histamine, right? So it's not necessarily something that happens later in life. You're, you tend to have, if you're someone who has had problems, if you're like one of those people who's like, I've never really felt good, or I've always been kind of tired, or I had hives a lot as a kid, or I used to be, get a lot of heat exhaustion. That was me, Right. Right. So that's typically when it's more of a mast cell activation syndrome issue. With histamine intolerance alone, without mast cell activation, it could happen in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and it can be due to one of these other things I'm about to go over. Okay, got it. So one of them is gluten intolerance. You know, gluten intolerance is a lot of people have it or sensitivity or whatever you want to call it because there's many ways to say it. And it, right. it's really just a severity issue, but it breaks down the lining of your gut for the most part. So when you break down the lining of your gut, you have inflammation. Inflammation causes your body to release more histamine. So gluten intolerance and then leaky gut is another one. And that's pretty much, I kind of just combine those two together. Yep. Vitamin deficiencies, you know, B6 actually helps DAO, which is that enzyme we keep talking about. It helps it to break down histamine, 
copper and vitamin C help your body to produce DAO. So the, if you have deficiencies in those vitamins, you're going to have a higher likelihood of having histamine intolerance. Gut infection. So gut bacteria, whether it's bacteria, yeast, parasites, you know, SIBO, which is a bacteria in the small intestine, Right. It basically increases histamine and it increases inflammation in the body. So you're more likely to have a histamine intolerance. And honestly, one of the best ways to get rid of histamine intolerance or to really, really manage it is to test your gut, see what you've got going on in there and kill those infections. Got it. Irritable bowel disease, because that's another inflammatory disease. And then there are some you know, genetic mutations that you can have. And you can do testing for that. But, you know, when it comes to like genetic mutations, it's something I don't talk a lot lot about because I think that for one, Dr. Ben Lynch has it down and he's the, I just kind of like say, go to him for that (laughs) stuff, right? which he was kind enough to write the forward for my book. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we really only know the tip of the iceberg when it comes to genetic mutations. So I am hesitant to tell people, go get your mutations tested because right. just because you have a gene SNP, which is a mutation, it doesn't mean it's affecting you. So you then, a lot of people will, let's say they get the 23andMe test and they put it into third party. Then you just get sent like 25 supplements to take based on <laughs> Totally. And yeah. it's not necessarily the best road to go down. So I do touch on the mutations in the book, but it is not my main method of treatment. And then there are some medications. There's actually a lot of medications. I list them all in the book that can really decrease that DAO enzyme big time. Okay. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking, okay, oh my God, genetic mutations and gut infections and vitamin deficiencies, gluten, like where do I start? And I think the first place I'm going to guess is testing your gut, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Well, the first place is the food, to be honest. So the first place that you can do that, what you can do that doesn't cost any money and that will give you the most relief and takes the shortest time is to cut out high histamine foods. Makes sense. So while you're doing the testing, you're taking out the foods. So Mm -hmm. let's, you know, what I do with my patients is I start them on a low histamine diet and a couple of supplements that help to control histamine in the body and help the body to push toxins out and all that. And while we're supporting them in that way, we start looking at things like the gut, the gut always, because like I said, it's in my opinion, the biggest driver of histamine intolerance. Yeah. And we test nutrient deficiencies and we test, you know, adrenal gland function, you know, if if your body doesn't handle stress well, that's going to add to this big time. So we want to see what your hormones are doing, you know, estrogen, you know, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, we're looking at all of that because high estrogen levels really, really can drive histamine in the body. It can really raise histamine levels. So I basically look for these underlying causes and then work on them, you know, work on healing the gut, work on supporting the thyroid or the sex hormones, adrenal hormones and thyroid hormones because thyroid plays a big role in this too. Mm-hmm. So it is a lot, but there's, you know, I actually break it down in the book like this. Here's what you're going to do if you're never going to work with someone. So you're going to use this book and this is the only thing you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. If you're going to work with someone, this awesome. is how you're going to do it. I love so that. I try to put like what you can do on your own is this. And then what you may need to see a practitioner for is this. 
That's really, really great. So you mentioned thyroid and the connection to histamine. I would love if we can dive into that and the link between thyroid and histamine. I'm also going to ask you about stress and histamine. So yeah, yeah, let's start with thyroid. So when you have a decrease in your thyroid hormones, that actually increases your mast cells. So your mast cells are what, you know, produces histamine. So you're going to have an increase in histamine. So if you pair that with a decrease in that DAO enzyme or like, you know, DAO enzyme mutation, most likely you're going to get histamine intolerance. And then there is, I, I was able to actually find a study, which because this hasn't been studied a lot, the, the connection between the thyroid and histamine. But when I was writing the book, I was actually able to fit, find a study that says that in turn, then that creates autoimmune disease too. So they both work play against each other. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then the stress connection. Well, stress increases cortisol, right? Cortisol is our stress hormone. Yeah. And most people with histamine taunt already have anxiety because increased histamine increases anxiety. It's actually one of the biggest symptoms of histamine intolerance. And when you're increasing your stress levels, you're increasing your cortisol even more, and that's increasing your histamine more. So it's all one big circle that yes, leads it back is. to the same place. <laughs> one big circle. It's true. Absolutely. Okay. So I don't know if this is true, but I heard that we should be rinsing our meat and mm-hmm. fish before cooking it because yeah. it removes certain bacteria that can then aggravate histamine. Like, can you explain that? Yeah, well, there's a lot of bacteria on meat. So actually, Dr. Lynch just posted this on a few places, Instagram and Facebook. But yeah, and I've been doing this for years, rinse. And a lot of people tell you not to rinse your meat. And I have always rinsed my meat because I've read about that before. But there's a lot of bacteria, which bacteria, if you're ingesting bacteria, it's going to increase your histamine levels in the body. So by washing it and then taking like a paper towel and patting it dry, you're going to get less bacteria. And another thing kind of to to go off of that is leftovers. Leftovers is a very big trigger for people with histamine intolerance because the longer food cooks and the longer food sits and literally, you know, some people will buy, let's say they buy a steak from the store and then they put in their fridge for three days before they cook it. The longer all that is is sitting there, the more histamine is being produced and the more bacteria is being produced. So that's why I teach people in the book how to meal prep because it's actually hard to meal prep with histamine intolerance. People are like, do I have to cook everything fresh? And I, and I for sure not to have to do that. But basically you want to buy, like, let's say you buy meat, you need to, you just freeze it. You have to freeze everything as soon as you can. If you make a meal and you have extra and you want to eat it the next day, freeze it. And it's not, again, it's not something you'll have to do forever. It's just something you have to do while you're really acute. Because for me, I could eat leftovers that have been sitting there for three days because I don't really have an issue anymore. Right. But at first I could tell right away if I ate a leftover and I didn't know what, what I didn't understand at the time, but anything left over, you know, it really affected me. And, and also bone broth, you know, people, I have gotten a lot of people who tell me, you know, my doctor tells me to drink bone broth because it's good for my gut, but bone broth makes me so sick. And it's because bone broth cooks for so long. Right. And so it's just producing so much histamine. And so 
what I do, I actually have a YouTube video on this is I have you do it in the instant pot and you can do it for like one to two hours. In the mm-hmm. instant pot. That's what I do. Yeah. And for me and for most people, it's fine. And then you just pour it into little mason jars or I have, or I have these big silicone, like ice cube trays that are real, real big. Yep. And you can pour it into that, but it's just, you freeze it right away. And then you can just take out the servings as you need it. And so even, you know, in some of the recipes in my book, I use that type of bone broth, or I say, if you can't tolerate this, use water. But I've almost never have anyone say they can't tolerate it if they do, if they do a short cook time. Yeah. I do mine in the instant pot too. I cook it for maybe, maybe two hours. Yeah. And then, and and I pretty much use the broth pretty quickly. Like if I'm, right. if I'm not going to, I freeze it, but yes. I make the broth and then like right away I make my chicken soup and then we eat, we exactly. eat that day. So like I'm eating it pretty, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So then in terms of food prep and like meal prep, what just thinking like some people are, I already know (laughs) so many women that are listening to this right now, like God forbid I have to Mm -hmm. cook meals every single day for, you know, myself and my family and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. What would be like your, your meal prep tip? So just freezing things right away or just buying fresh every day? Like what would that look like? Buying fresh every day is not that realistic. No. If you can, good for you. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) But most of us can't. So I actually give like exact directions on this in the book, but I love to get ground different, like turkey, chicken, you know, bison, grass-fed beef, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I put whatever I'm going to put in it and then I make it into patties and then I freeze individual patties. So you can take those out and you can make one of those patties very quickly. Mm -hmm. And even like, let's say you let's say you were going to go to work and you needed to bring lunch in the morning. You could take out the patty, you could make it real quick and then you could bring it. And yeah, it might be sitting for a couple hours, but it's not going to be like a whole 24 hour left. For sure. So I go over a a few different types of food you can do that with to make it really easy because that's, I had to live like that for so long. So I had to learn all of these tricks. For sure. For sure. I mean, I remember we used to live right across the street from a Whole Foods. So mm-hmm. I would walk over literally every day to go get groceries yeah. because it would be like my break in the day. And I would just like mm-hmm. go walk over, go get a coffee. And then I would be cooking fresh all the time. But yeah, that's not the case, you know, now. And especially with seafood, because seafood, you literally need to catch the fish and eat it to, yes. to truly be fresh. It's by the time it gets frozen. There's a lot of histamine there. So some people will notice that seafood is their worst offender with, you know, with when it comes to meat. It's so interesting that you say that because I'm, I'm now connecting the dots right now. So I love sushi, but mm-hmm. for the past couple of years, there was this one sushi place that we would go to and maybe we'd go to it like every three or four months or something like that. But every time I would eat there, I would have the worst stomach pains Mm -hmm. and I would have to like immediately get home and like get to the bathroom and I did not feel good. And I would get a headache and I'd get stomach pains. And I was like, okay, like sushi is just, I can't do it. There's something about it that I can't do. And then there's this place actually where we live and there's this really like renowned sushi chef. I don't even know if he's a chef because you don't really cook sushi, but anyhow, so he's... He's like really world renowned and he flies in sushi from Japan and like it is basically flown in and prepped 
within a 24 hour period. And it's so incredibly fresh and we've gone there twice now and I've never, never, ever, ever had a reaction. That's amazing. So I wonder now if, yeah, perhaps the other place that we went to, it's just been sitting out well, a it lot is longer. There. Yeah. You can see it. Can see it. Yeah. It's just sitting there for like hours and then who knows how long it was before it was ever frozen. And then how long it's been thought out. I mean, you have no idea, but it's, it's definitely a big offender. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Cause I was like, Oh my God, now I can eat sushi again. I'm so happy. It's the only place I can go to because I totally trust him and how he prepares everything and the yeah. quality of it. So that's interesting. That's okay. So another thing, coffee and chocolate, mm-hmm. Is that are those high histamine? Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know somebody's going to ask me, you didn't ask her about coffee and chocolate. Yes. But chocolate really, that is a, it's why, you know, most people know that it's a migraine sugar, but it's a migraine sugar because it's dilated in vessels because of the histamine. So. Okay. So what can you maybe kind of take us through some meal ideas, what somebody would kind of eat in a day? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are probably like, well, what's left to eat? Yeah. So a lot of people have a misconception that egg whites are high in histamine. They're not. It's if they're not cooked. So you should be able to eat eggs. I'm actually looking through my book right now to see what I put in here. But I do a lot of like chia seed puddings because that you can make completely low histamine. Mm -hmm. I have a great apple and carrot muffin recipe. Apple and carrots are both actually antihistamine. And Amazing. then I use tiger nut flour and tiger yes. nut flour is so good, which I'm sure you know. I love it. Yeah. Yes. And it's so, it's naturally so sweet and it's not a nut because even yeah. though not all nuts are high in histamine, a lot of people just have issues with nuts anyways. Right. It, they, it just inflames them. So I did do a couple of recipes where I said like this has almond flour, but you can substitute it with this if that doesn't work for you. Like I tried to give a substitute for every recipe because everyone's so different. For sure. And those those apple and carrot muffins or the other muffins in here, you can make those ahead of time and freeze them. Yes. And the same, like I do like some frittata muffins, you can make those ahead of time and freeze them. So you just take one or two out and then you have breakfast and you can heat it up in five minutes. Totally. So that's breakfast. I actually have an amazing tiger nut butter recipe. Yeah, I was going to say, it, you're, the recipes look fantastic. I can't yeah. wait to make that tiger nut butter. It's so good. Oh I went gosh. and just bought tiger nuts because I was actually going to soak them and make tiger nut milk. Yeah. And you don't have to soak them because they're not a nut. Oh, you know, I, I don't know why I thought that. I know. Yeah. I thought that too at one time. And I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I don't <laughs> have to soak that. Okay, that. great. Well, I can just go make them right after this. Then. Perfect. Just FYI, the flour works way better. Just if you're, if you're going to blend, like okay. make the night tiger nut butter. I definitely, I buy the flour and then blend and do it, it that way. Yeah. Okay. Cause you don't have to worry about soaking. So you don't have to yes. get the nuts soak and then blend. You don't have to go through all that. That's okay. Good to know. Awesome. I've yeah. got tiger nut flour in my cupboard. So <laughs> I'm going to go do that. It's so good. So, and then lunch I do like, I literally do every week. I buy those four different types, you know, chicken, ground chicken, ground turkey, ground beef. And I have those frozen ready to go. And I I'll give you recipes in here, like what to mix with them. So they're not boring for sure. There's a couple of different soups that you can do. And soups are great because you can make this, you can make a big pot of it. You can freeze it into Mason jars and then again, you could take that with you to work 
and it will start to kind of thaw out as you're working and then just, you know, heat it up and eat it. So those are really good ideas. What else do I do? Salads, of course, but you know, you have to be careful with the vinegar. So that's when I teach you about what vinegars to eat and what vinegars not to eat. And then dinners are kind of easy because you can eat, you know, I, I tried to make this book with a lot of food that actually lowers histamine. So, you know, you'll see that. And I explain like this, this, and this lower histamine, but you know, different types of stir fries, different, you know, instant pot meals I put in here, you know, different types of meats with veggies, as long as the meat is, like I said, fresh and it's, you know, grass fed if, if possible and organic right. and isn't full of hormones, it shouldn't bother you. And then I did a lot of veggie sides, which I didn't do in my last book, but I did like a separate section of veggie sides just because the veggies that are low histamine are so great for you. For sure. And, you know, you want to kind of load up on veggies more than anything else when you do have this. And then I do, of course, have some good dessert recipes as well. Amazing. Awesome. Yes. I have gone through your book. It is fantastic. And I do love the recipes that are in there. And you know what? I just want to say for the women that are listening, if you're getting caught up in the whole like meal prep thing and whatnot, like at the end of the day, and it's something that, you know, I had to really get real honest with myself. It was like, if I'm not feeling well, and mm-hmm. I can't thrive every day. And I'm right. literally waking up, blowing my nose, sneezing for like three, four hours in the morning. Like, I don't want to go through my life this way. And right. if it means I have to take an hour to prep food or wake up earlier because I have to make food, then it is what it is because yeah. I'm willing to do what I need to do so that I could function well. Right. And what I really tried hard to do is make it so you can prep it at once and freeze it all and then just take it out in single servings. So you're not like every day going through this full-blown menu of cooking, sure. breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yes. Plus the recipes are not intricate. You know, they taste really good and you don't feel like you're missing out on anything, but they're easy. They don't take a lot of time. I would, yes. you know, I don't make recipes that take an hour to prep. So I wouldn't expect anyone else to. So I really did the best that I could to try to help you guys with the whole meal prep part of this and not be overwhelmed by it. Amazing. Well, I highly recommend everybody go pick up your book because the recipes look fantastic. I love when you look at recipes and you're like, oh, that looks gourmet. But then you actually look through the ingredients and you're like, this is actually pretty easy. It's so easy. I know. (laughs) I love that. So tell us a little bit more about where everyone can find you, where they can grab your book. So drbeckycampbell.com is my website. And I do a lot of articles on there explaining this and thyroid issues and all sorts of stuff because I really do work with everything. And then I'm most active on Instagram at this point. So that's just at Dr. Becky Campbell. And then I do have a Facebook page as well. It's just Dr. Becky Campbell also. Amazing. And then your book, The Four-Phase Histamine Reset Plan is available... When is it officially released? Uh, well, that, then I don't know when this will air, but December 10th. Yay. It's the release date. And then it's going to be, you know, pretty much everywhere books are sold on Amazon. Awesome. Amazing. Well, we will put all of that in the show notes for everybody. And I definitely recommend everyone go check you out on Instagram. You're always posting some really great fun <laughs> videos and tons of great content. So thank you so much for being with us today. And I'm sure we'll have you back for a third time. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll chat soon. Okay. 
All right. I hope you enjoyed our episode today and you learned a lot about histamine intolerance and what foods to include and exclude. If you would like a free histamine guide, we will put the link to that in our show notes. So head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 86. That's eight six. And be sure to follow Dr. Becky Campbell on Instagram. Her handle is at Dr. Becky Campbell. And you can also follow her on her website and check out all her articles and amazing information there, drbeckycampbell.com. Really hope you guys learned a lot. And if you want to dive into your own histamine reset plan, grab her book, The Four Phase Histamine Reset Plan. You can grab it online wherever books are sold. Thanks everyone for being with us today. Our episode next week on the 17th, that will be our last episode for this month. And we'll be back in January with lots of new episodes, amazing guests. We got so many great things planned and in store for the new year, and I'm really looking forward to it. So thanks so much for being with us today. Have a wonderful day and enjoy the rest of your week.